Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, and this episode of the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast is brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers, and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. ES Audio. The Evening Standard Rugby Podcast with Lawrence Delalio, Supported by Fuller's London Pride. Official beer of Premiership Rugby. Support with pride. Hello and welcome to the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast. Supported by Fuller's London Pride. I'm Lawrence Delalio, And I'm Sarah Elgin. And we're joined as ever by Steve Corden from the Evening Standard. Hi Steve. Good morning. How are we both? We're good. A bit tired, good. but good. Yes, are we tired? A little bit tired, but we shan't complain. Um, and also all the way from New Zealand, getting ready to kick off England's campaign at the Women's Rugby World Cup. We are delighted to welcome Saracens and Red Roses back row, Marley Packer. Hi Marley. Hey guys, good morning thank you so much for being with us no worries at all really really appreciate it and a bit and a belated happy birthday i hear yes it's your birthday on sunday yeah that's correct so actually you can see the banners in behind so yeah but once you hit 30 you go backwards so i was actually 29 guys (laughs) (laughs) are you are you allowed to eat any cake at this stage with a week to go um yeah, I think a small treat was given out to the whole team, which was quite nice. We've had a couple of birthdays in camp, so, you know, but they've only been small. OK, yeah, in preparation for what's to come, I guess. Um, Steve, aside from watching the rugby, how was your weekend? Not great, actually. I'm um, facing oh, really? a vote of no confidence, unfortunately, as my uh, assistant manager of my under-12s uh, football team, my son. We've had a couple of bad weekends, 9-1 last weekend and 9-0 yesterday, so... Um, if my phone rings, it may well be that I've got a call from the chairman and I'm out. So uh, before I resign, anyway. And <laughs> Lawrence, you were in North East England on Friday night. I was. You don't go up there very often. I was. Uh, <laughs> you don't travel that far from London. I know. Do you know what? Just thinking about sideline, what made me laugh yesterday, I was at uh, Harlequins with you and there was two mascots. And Tabai Matson, the Harlequins director of rugby, was saying hello to the mascots before the game. And they're having a lovely little chat. And I just overheard it. And at the end, the, the mascot said, um, by the way, uh, we need a win today, yeah? <laughs> it was just wonderful. Putting the pressure on the head coach. But anyway, more about Harlequins later on, for sure. Yeah, I like your coat as well, Sarah, despite what Hugo said. I did like it. Well, basically, Hugo called me a witch. Marley, I was, I was wearing like a really nice orange coat. Yeah. And, Hugo, and Hugo was like, oh, happy Halloween, Sarah. Because apparently, like, I look like, I know, that's so bad, isn't it? Yeah, was, really bad again. He also called me Sabrina, the middle-aged witch, which went down really poorly. But he was wearing his wife's coat, so you're okay. I mean, you were wearing your husband's, was it? <laughs> okay, let's get our focus firmly back on uh, on pitch matters then, shall we? And then um, have a proper chat with Marley Law. Don't forget, you can also watch the full extended video podcast at londonpridebeer.co.uk. Please drink responsibly. 
Marley, um, just for those who don't know, you've got 84 caps for England, one World Cup title already uh, to your name. And of course, you guys uh, runners up in, in 2017. Um, it's been a huge, huge year for you already and the team with record breaking crowds at the Six Nations. I mean, I can't quite believe it, but you guys have been unbeaten in 25 games, which is amazing. Well done to you all. Uh, you must be feeling fairly confident without being overconfident ahead of the first pool match on Saturday. Is it Fiji, I think, on Saturday? Yeah, yeah the first pool game against Fiji. Obviously, coming into this World Cup and getting the balance of 25 games, like we are confident, but we, as a group, we know we're only as good as our last game and we've got to take Fiji. This is the first time that... They've been in a World Cup for a very long time. So we need to make sure that we give them credit for being here and making sure that we get the put the performance out and it's a good performance by us, that we don't come off the pitch saying we left things out there, left tries out there. I know that you guys have been given professional contracts. You're one of the first women's teams to have fully professional contracts, even though they couldn't quite manage a business class seat out to the World Cup for you all. Which is, uh, we'll talk about that later on. Uh, how much difference do you think the, uh, do you think the professional contract has made and and is there a number of other teams that are all on contracts or is it just the Red Roses? For us like as Red Roses it's massive to have the contracts um, it just means that we can be professional recover right, well um, getting the right S&C nutrition in just actually having time together as a core squad of us um, obviously us all being contracted and then playing for different club teams it's yeah. when we come back to England uh, there's a lot of banter going on and everything else but it, it's really good I think other nations are putting contracts running up to this World Cup and hopefully that you know part of the legacy of this World Cup that other nations will be able to carry on that and keep growing the game but you know the RFU are championing the way with it at the moment so and I'm really privileged and lucky that I, I'm a player that's managed to have a, a full-time contract but for me I, I've had a contract for quite a few years through the RFU through different playing sevens as well as playing 15s yeah you've got to meet, read the small print in those contracts I can tell you that for sure <laughs> Marley I I don't know if, if everyone has seen it, but it's been very well received. There's been a documentary on ITV about the Red Roses this week showing the preparations. I think it's just magnificent. One, to have it on ITV, but two, just to just to elevate the women's game. I mean, I just and, and for us to get to know you all, what was it like having the cameras on you guys? Or was it something you didn't really think about? Or was it, uh, was you know, were some more nervous than others? Uh, I think it was very different. Like we've got, we always usually have a video um, camera guy with us, but he's more like a fly on the wall and he's just become part of the team Liam has. But to have the cameras in like the mics where they're standing over you, you're doing a, a team huddle at the end of training. You've either got a cameraman in the middle of it and a mic over the top. It, it was very different, but actually we just trusted in what they were going to do for us. And it was about not painting us in a good light, but like actually what they want to show and they gave us briefings. So we just trusted in what it was. Now listen, apart from um, the physical side of the game, there's much more conversation now, Marley, around the importance of mental well-being for players, which is super important, isn't it? Thank goodness there is more chat yes. around that now. And you're an ambassador for the charity Brave Mind. Yeah, that's correct. So it's a charity that launched in March in 2021. It's just about supporting um, rugby community, basically. I've had highs and lows in my rugby career. And, you know, for me to, to be able to support a charity and like be able to give off some of my the journeys I've had is why I decided to be a part of it. It's more for like grassroots rugby and then being able to, to give off stories and just training them with uh, the mental health first aid, the MHA. FA. So it's just 
being able to be a positive group that people can feel that they can get in touch with and then might be able to point them in the right direction of talking to to someone like myself or other athletes that might be going through the same kind of stuff. Well, well done, Marley. I think that's brilliant for one, for being an ambassador, two, for speaking out about it and three, for encouraging everyone to do the same. And uh, I think that's brilliant. Obviously, New Zealand are, are mad about rugby. I mean, is there a sense that, that the Women's World Cup, you know, in and around Auckland, are you, are you feeling a bit of support out there, either from England fans or from New Zealand? Is there a sense that the tournament's kicking off pretty soon? Yeah, there's definitely a buzz around here. Um, I think they've sold 30,000 plus tickets for, for the opening day. So, like, that's awesome in itself. Um, like, they've got the advertisement where it flashes up different um, advertisements. So the World Cup's up on that, like, through the Auckland main um, like centre in through the roads. I did actually a running session today and as I came back there, it was flashing up, which, you know, just makes you smile because you know you'll be in a part of that. And it's just something really special. But at the moment, there's a lot of rain going on here. So I'm hoping that dries up before, before it kicks off on Saturday. Okay, should we um, talk about the Premiership action then this weekend? Should we get on to that? The Evening Standard Rugby Podcast with Lawrence Delalio, Supported by Fuller's London Pride, official beer of Premier. Premiership Rugby. Um, Lawrence, you were up in Newcastle, um, as I said earlier, on Friday night. Um, the Falcons, who were sitting bottom of the table, they welcomed Bristol Bears, who were at the top. And Dave Alders men managed to get their first win of the season and bring the Bears' winning streak to a question, actually. Um, did you see that coming? No, I didn't see it coming. That's not to say that we're not, we weren't all delighted with the fact that Newcastle won. Uh, Dave Walder is a good friend of mine anyway. He's just taken over the reins, as you know, as head coach, which is from Dean Richards, big act to follow. And so for him personally, I'm delighted because I think when you're a director of rugby, there's a lot of pressure, a lot of stress on you. And I think for him to get his first win as a head coach outright sort of, well, certainly takes the monkey off his back a little bit. And I thought they were brilliant. They were good value for their win. You know, Bristol coming into the game unbeaten. It's obviously a long journey from the southwest right the way up to Newcastle, but they didn't start anywhere near well enough. And I was thrilled to bits for him. He obviously had a lot of uh, new players coming in, the two Argentinian centres, you know, Matthias Moroni. You know, he looked fantastic. And then in, in, they had the player in the match in uh, Mateo Carreras, really. So, yeah, really pleased for them. And, you know, sent Bristol, uh, you know, back um, without that unbeaten record. What about Lawrence Delalio's 100-metre run at half-time? Surely that was the highlight of the game, wasn't it? Well, you know what? We, we, we wanted to do a demo and we set up on, on the wrong side of the pitch and it wasn't until about 30 seconds before uh, we came back from the ad break that we realised that. Anyway, Craig is basically a rugby player that's you know that wishes he was still playing, to be honest. Oh, he is such a frustrated professional rugby player. Yeah. He is unreal. And he, but he, he did skin you, though, Lawrence. He yeah, well, he did, you. but he was also yeah. completely out of breath when we came back on air. He um, was blowing. He was blowing. Blowing. Uh, so, <laughs> anyway, I am uh, I told you, I told him that I don't need any more medals. I'm fine, mate. Don't worry. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you definitely don't need any more medals. Any more titles. Um, Steve, on to Saturday's game then. Uh, I guess from last week, you he got the opening score, didn't he, for Exeter? And say, so he'll be delighted with that. Um, but the Chiefs didn't manage to pull off the away win that you predicted, Steve. No, I, I got that one a bit the wrong, wrong way around, didn't yeah. I? I said he'd score yeah. the last try, not the first one. I mean, th- they will be, the Chiefs will be disappointed not to come away with at least a losing bonus point. I mean, they had more of the territory, more of the possession, but. Sale just so physical, particularly in the breakdown. And I think the one thing that's impressed everybody is just how much they're holding it together at the start of the season. I think last season they struggled a bit 
at the beginning, and that's where it ultimately cost them. But they've ended a four-game losing streak against Exeter. And I think I don't think any of us, we didn't do any predictions at the start of the season, did we? But I don't think any of us would have had Sale in the top four. And now looking at it, I think they're they're pretty much. I mean, we've only had four rounds, but I'd say they're they're one of the favourites to finish in one of those top four positions. Yeah, they look good. Um, London Irish hosted Bath, um, and there were more hat tricks for Ollie Hassel Collins and Ben Loder, which helped the exercise. I think it was forty-seven thirty-eight. Was it the the final score? Marley, we've got to love these high-scoring games in the Gallagher Premiership at the moment. It you know for all this going on off the field of play, and we hope that that will get sorted. On the field of play at the moment, it is so entertaining. Yeah, and that's what fans want to see, and that's what they're going to come into the, to the stadiums to come watch. And hat tricks all over the place. Like players just look like they're really enjoying it out there at the moment. So yeah, no, that's definitely what we want to see. And Lol and I was we were speaking pitch side yesterday at, at Quinns, just you saying you know that that's what the fans want to see is entertaining rugby, hundred percent. And we were talking about how Marcus Smith had spoken in the week about that. You know, he feels it's the player's responsibility to to, to make it entertaining for the fans so I think what we're seeing now is players actually kind of speaking out about things like that where we maybe we haven't actually had that have we really over the years it's quite refreshing yeah very I mean I suppose I played in an era possibly where the players weren't too quiet that's for sure on and off the field and they were they were prepared to speak up and I think um, there's a lot of strong personalities playing the game we just don't hear enough from them and rugby has a big audience but It needs to get bigger. And the only way it's going to get bigger and grow is if people get to know the players and and the superstars of the game. So I'm a big advocate of that. The rugby over the the opening four rounds of the Premiership have been fantastic. The product has been amazing, whether that's to do with the weather, which has been slightly warmer, the, the ground's a little bit harder. I think the tackle height, Stuart Barnes wrote a really interesting piece in the paper recently about the fact that players now are lowering their tackle height because they have to, to stay on the field. And as a result of that, I think there's a lot more offloading happening in the men's game anyway. So really interesting. I mean, there's been so many different scores across uh, the league. I mean, London Irish were 35 points to five up at half time. So, yeah, amazing when they've got the talent they've got. I suppose if you're a Bath fan, you haven't got much to cheer about coming up to Christmas. But the fact that it was 35-5 at half time and, and it wasn't, you know, the score wasn't doubled in the second half, I guess, is is something you can cling on to. It, it actually finished quite close. And and we're seeing a lot of that, aren't we? Where teams are going out to massive leads at one set and then suddenly they're reined back in. So not quite sure what's happening, whether it's players speaking out, whether it's the tackle height, whether it's the weather, but but keep it going, please, because it's it's really, really exciting. And, uh, you know, we saw, you know, cracking games over the weekend. I'm just still hanging on that line you just said about coming up to Christmas. We're in October. We're always yeah. to go for Christmas. Um, okay, I'm so... Expect, uh, I'm not expecting Bath to win before Christmas. That's why. <laughs> oh, you're going to be getting some hate mail. Um, right, uh, Steve. Uh, in North London, Saracens managed seven tries against the Champions Leicester Tigers. And it was a, it was a brilliant performance by them. It was so impressive. And they have been impressive in the three games that they played. Um, they're just looking pretty unstoppable at the moment. They are. I mean, wow, what a contrast to the team that we saw playing in the Premier final. I mean, they're now, they're running from deep. The the offloading, as Lawrence says, it's just all over the place. The run lines, even from the likes of Jamie George, it's just been fantastic to watch. And they're playing with much, much quicker ball as well, I think. I think Van Ziel and, and Youngs are clearly been told to get the ball out as quickly as they can. But I have to say, how good was Theo McFarland? Unbelievable. I mean, I, I would love to have seen the basketball team that he played in for Samoa because they must have been some amazing athletes. 
But did you manage to get a translation of what he said to you at the end of the game? Because he said it so quick. What do you think, Steve? I can barely speak English. So no, I didn't get a translation. I think he probably was saying, this is such an honour to talk to you, Sarah. I've been waiting for this my whole career. I think he said, I think you should go with the orange coat tomorrow. <laughs> uh, Marley, um, you obviously know the boys there, um, you know, you know, the coaching staff and, you know, Steve's right that they, they have changed their approach this season. We've seen it, that they're, they're playing with much more ambition and it's almost like they've done it like without first, they've almost done it like seamlessly in the off season. How, how difficult, or I don't know, it, maybe easy is that? Because it's not something that's, you know, been in this side's DNA, is it? I think they would have reflected on how they played in the final last year and how the end of the premiership ended last year. And, you know, I think Saracens are very good at talking about it, having a team building day about it with a few drinks and then putting it out on the pitch. And uh, they've definitely done that. And the tries are not just coming in from one or two players, like the whole squad are getting behind the line. Like you've seen Jamie George last week. Why didn't you pass the ball to me? And it went straight across him to Ben Earl. And like Ben Earl again on the uh, try scoring list. So, you know, it's really good to see. And I just think like at Saracens, we just have a way, like we, we love to win. And, and I think the boys and the girls, we just follow suit with that. And uh, they, they've come out this season. They've been phenomenal. Yeah, very impressive. Okay, so Lawrence, it was a very strong start. Uh, for Quinns, uh, again, at the Stoop Sunday afternoon. Um, and with 15 minutes to go, it kind of looked like it was going to be a pretty straightforward win for them. But as we've come to expect in this league, you know, you, you can't be sure of anything really. So the final whistle, Northampton came back into the game and, and it, it made for an intense and exciting finish. I don't think I've seen a game quite like it for a while, really. Um, well, until the day before. Um, but it's, <laughs> it's just unbelievable what was going on. I mean, Quinns obviously had a chat after the Exeter game realised that they'd, uh, they gave themselves a mountain to climb, which they nearly did against the Chiefs. So they came out much quicker. And as you said, you know, first couple of minutes of the game, they've, they're two tries to the good, 14-3. They look like they're absolutely going to run away with it. Northampton just didn't wake up. You know, they couldn't catch a cold. They made so many mistakes and yet they created so many opportunities. I think their handling errors and their turnovers together were something over 25, nearly 30 when you put them all together. So that combined with the fact that they um, missed three tries over the line, they dropped the ball over the line three times or, or they didn't score. So quite how they were in the game, one only knows. But we went down the final stretch with them just needing one score and they potentially could win the game and snatch it away from do a Harlequins to Quinns, really. So amazingly exciting rugby for, for everyone. Quinns ended up with five points, Saints with two. And I think Phil Dowson will be thinking that there's a really good side in there, Saints. You know, and if they if they click and they get it right, they're going to wallop someone. Just hope it's not Wasps next weekend, really. But uh, they're in good shape. And uh, I really enjoyed the game, as he said. And uh, a lot of players right across the board that, that, that played very, very well. Um, Steve, I'm just getting really bored with Lawrence banging out stats and week after week. So I've got one of my own for you now. The, the average points, scored in those games that, that Quinns have been involved in 69 points and 19 Quinns players have now got on the score sheet this season and we're what round four have that last Delalio very good Sai you but yeah Thanks. I was thinking do I go with the the orange coat the green or do I go with the <laughs> how many different coats have you worn actually Sai that's the stat I think <laughs> I don't know and they all look awful according to you lot anyway no, um, right. I'll give you I'll give you another I'll give you another one then there's 14, okay. 14 matches now that London Irish have been involved in that were 50 points or more. And five of those were 70. So 
clearly you do not want to be a defence coach in the Premiership at the moment because your job's almost impossible. Yeah, you definitely do. That's for sure. Um, Tabai said something similar, didn't he, after the game yesterday? Um, okay, well, I'll get your thinking caps on then because it's time to decide which player of the weekend you think was outstanding. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how get 30, how get 20, 20, 20, get 20, 20, get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, and this episode of the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast is brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers, and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Outstanding. Supported by Fuller's London Pride. Who was your outstanding player of the weekend? Well, I'm going to go back to Saracens. It could have been one of a number of players, but I'm actually going to go for Ben Earl. I thought in the first half, he was magnificent. He seemed to be all over the pitch, scored a try, making tackles, making breaks. Um, It was a toss-up, really, whether it was him or Theo McFarlane for me that was man of the match, but I'm going to go with Ben Earl. Um, I'm going to go with Theo, I think, because it was just like a pretty complete performance, wasn't it? He scored, he carried line-outs for class. He just gives them that perfect attacking platform and some of his takes were amazing anyway it's him for me and um, he asked you out in Samoan at the end of the game so. <laughs> I don't I don't think that was the case but yeah we'll go with that we'll go with that Lawrence <laughs> um, who gets your vote well I can't believe you've missed Elliot Daly off that list I uh, thought he yeah. was the outstanding yeah. player on that pitch and uh, he's a player that I've given a fair bit of stick to no, nothing to do with the fact he left Wasps and joined Saracens or anything like that but I thought, he, I, thought, I thought he was magnificent really really was back to his very best but he's not my the outstanding player of the weekend because I'm a little bit biased but I think that has to go to Dave Walder as a as an ex-player and as a coach because I think you know we, we like to mark special moments in anyone's career and I think to win your first premiership game as head coach against the odds against the team at the top of the league to do it in the way that they did it by scoring all those wonderful tries I think Dave Walder he hasn't got the biggest budget in the world but he's trying to really work with what he's got and trying to change maybe the way that Newcastle Falcons play so he's my outstanding player of the week Dave Walder Okay, Marley, who would you like to nominate as your outstanding player? Oh, I'm going to go Ben um, I just love how he plays and you know it, that's exactly what he did this weekend. So yeah, he's he's going to be my player of the weekend. Marley, just uh, I think Steve mentioned it. Is this your third uh, rugby World Cup? Just give everyone an insight. I mean, presumably as the more experienced uh, person in the squad, there's red roses that are playing for the very first time in New Zealand as well, which can be quite daunting. What sort of uh, advice have you been giving any of the, any of those players, or, or you know, just maybe going for coffee or having a few little chats with them? How many how many debutants have you got in the in the squad actually? 
we to a World Cup, I don't actually know the the, the number, but there's probably a good 12 of them but right. I, I feel that you just check in but my main thing is for them to just enjoy it like if you're enjoying what you're doing on and off the pitch then actually we get the best version of you on the pitch and you know World Cups don't come around that often and you know you're at one over in New Zealand a few of the girls have never even like been on an aeroplane over four hours before so just the travel in itself was was mega so um, for them to actually be here just like just enjoy it and you know you've done all the hard work running into it now it's now it's actually just showcasing it because the whole world's watching it you'll be flying home business class don't worry when you've won the world cup i'm sure you'll be flying i know that much <laughs> yeah <laughs> Okay, let's uh, take a look at the lineup for round five then. Maybe make a few predictions. Um, right, a nice little West Country derby of sports to kick things off. Bristol Exeter. Lol, that's going to be a good one, right? Friday yeah, night. I'm really excited because my son's at Bristol University. And so we're going to go down to the match. And I've obviously been going to be working. And then hopefully I'm coaching his side the next day with Alex King. Are um, you? Yeah, so um, I'm very excited about that. I'm not really b- bothered about the game itself. What would it be? You um, you've never found Fancied it then, Law? Coaching? I was never good enough oh, to get. He'd have no patience. <laughs> uh, do you know what? I would actually, but I'll, I've left it to left it alone. Left it alone. I prefer working with Sarah in the, in the media instead. Um, now, so to Bristol Exeter, two teams that have just come off the back of, of defeats, really. So it'd be fascinating to see what the reaction is. I think uh, Bristol were really poor probably the worst they played all season. Um, they just didn't turn up at Newcastle. Exeter, I think, slightly different. They were just a bit unlucky, really, against Sale. I think they were very competitive. So, uh, yeah, I'd, I'd, it's a close one to call. I'd like to say there'll be a huge reaction from uh, from Bristol, but so I'm, I'm expecting, you know, the home side to come out and, and probably get the win. Is Ellis Genge back for that one? Is he off his rest, another rest? Well, he'll, he'll be back, will he? Who knows? But who knows? It, it seems that he gives them so much at the moment. You know, even if it's not with his performances, it's with his tweets. So uh, we want him back on the field, really, don't we, to be honest? Um, OK, Marley, um, one of my favourite matchups of the season and uh, Bath, Gloucester, uh, mainly because I just love sitting in the stand listening to the banter with the fans. Um, how do you see this one going? Um, it's a tough one, but I think uh, the way Bath are playing at the moment, and I know so many people at Bath, so I feel bad for saying this, but <laughs> I think Gloucester are just going to edge it over them for me. Yeah, they need to find something, don't they, at home, Bath, gents? They've got, they've got yeah. big problems at Bath, haven't they? I mean, the one thing... I don't know how quickly these things happen, but they've—they've. I just saw an, uh, a news feed that Ted Hill and Ollie Lawrence from Worcester uh, are going on loan to Bath, potentially maybe one or two other players as well. And they need something. They need an injection of something because, you know, the coach, Van Graham, has got a big job on his hands there. JP Ferreira, the, the defence coach. I mean, they are conceding so many points and uh, isn't everyone, but they. I think culturally there is issues at that club at the minute and they need to sort it out, you know. You can train hard, you can, you know, you can be technically, you know, down on other players, but getting yourself back in, in off the floor and recycling yourself into the game is not about anything to, other than heart, you know, absolute heart and be prepared to suffer really on behalf of your teammates. And they look like a side that are playing for themselves and not for each other. And that's always a bit of a worry as a, as a coach. I think that's one thing that's evident about your Saris team, Ali, is, is the culture within yeah. within your squads. Like, that's evident, isn't it? 
Yeah, a, and, I, and I think it, with the culture, it makes you want to work for one another, put your body on the line for each other. Like, you win together, you lose together, but it's so much better winning together. <laughs> yeah, right. um, okay, uh, Steve, Leicester, they're going to be hurting um, after defeat at the Stonex. Although, to be fair, Steve Borthwick, he was quite chilled post-match and he gave a little smile. Um, how are they going to do against Alex Anderson Sale? I think they're going to struggle there. Um, it's at home. I think with Steve, yeah, he did. He did seem rather upbeat for having just been, yeah, he but he, he did. Yeah. He keeps talking about new combinations and bedding in new players, and we're just getting that. But we're now into week four, getting to week five, and by now we should be at least knowing what the core of his team is. Um, you would hope that you would see it this weekend, but I think the way Sale are playing at the moment. Their physicality, I just don't think Leicester will be able to live with it. I have to disagree with you there. I don't think Leicester have lost at home since, well, 2019, Steve. So uh, there's a stat for you. Um, and uh, you've got to be very careful when when a team gets beat by fifth. When you, I mean, I probably happened to us all at some point when you get really well thumped by a side, particularly a side as good as Saracens. That's quite humbling. And I would expect a massive reaction from Leicester in front of um, over 20,000. So, yeah, that's a big call. Um, Marley. I think this is, might be an easy one. I don't know. Newcastle have the pleasure of, or not pleasure, of hosting Saracens this week. Saris win? Um, I think, yeah, Saris win, but Newcastle coming off the back of their win, um, they're going to be well up for it. But yeah, no, I think uh, Saracens are definitely going to get the win there. Okay, last but not least, I don't know. Do I go to Lawrence for this one? Probably not, because we know what the answer is going to be. So I'll go to Steve. <laughs> uh, Sunday, Wasps, after a bye week, they welcome Saints. How easy is that one to call? Or not? Uh, it, it, it's not really, is it? I think to Lowell's point earlier, I mean, if Northampton cut out the mistakes, then Wasps could well end up getting a complete humping. But um, will they? I don't know. Um, uh, I, I'm going to go for a draw on that one. How about that? We haven't had a draw. We haven't had a draw. Yeah, our first draw. Tackled. Supported by Fuller's London Pride. Time to put our guest, Marley, back under the spotlight <laughs> and tackle her with our quick five questions. Lawrence, over to you. Uh, thank you. Yeah, as you said, we put all our guests through um, the, the tackled questions just to really, for our listeners to get to know them a little bit better. So Marley, I'll keep them short. I'll try not to interrupt you on any of them. Your full name? Marley Marie Packer. Uh, your favourite takeaway? Chinese. What was the last movie that you watched? Top Gun. The second one. Tom, Tom Cruise looks ridiculously... I'm sorry. Like, I know we don't need to be talking about it in a rugby podcast, but Tom Cruise looks ridiculously young still, doesn't he? You could pass for, yeah. like, late 20s. I know. I want his cosmetic surgeon. I mean, that is it, really, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I want his number. Uh, Marley, what are you... Uh, it's, uh, it's, it's obviously nine o'clock at night there in New Zealand, but what will you have for breakfast tomorrow morning? Probably some kind of eggs on toast. They might allow us to have bacon. They might not. I might oh, have a treat. Um, what's your nickname in the squad? I've got a couple, Party Packer, just Packer. Oh, I like that. Depending on the mood. Party Packer, I like that one. Um, what's the best advice you've ever been given? Best advice, um, just keep going. All Bat Rose need that. Yeah. <laughs> what's uh, Who's the most famous person in your phone? You know, you could say Ugo, he's pretty famous, but... I would say that. We'll edit that bit. We'll, yeah. we'll edit that yeah, bit okay. out. Don't worry. It's it's fine. Just beep it. I said famous. Well, it's only because he's been on Strictly. Like, he didn't do that well, but he's been on Strictly. That's that, that's Actually, an accomplishment, right? Um, Marley, who would play you in the film about your life? I don't know if I could trust anyone to do it, to be fair. <laughs> They'd want to. They wouldn't do a good enough job. 
no, um, no. I think if I had to do it, I think I'd have to do it myself. Okay, no. Well, no one's going to argue. Um, who is the funniest person you know? Uh, I'd say Hannah Bottman's pretty funny in the score sheet. But then also, like, you wouldn't think it, but Lydia Thompson, the winger, uh, she she's really funny, but you've just got to break it down a little bit. You've spent quite quite a lot of time with her. Yeah, she's real funny. I know. They've got a lot of time on their hands, those wingers, while they're waiting for the ball. They're just, you know, yeah. a, lot of, a lot of think time, haven't they, really? Um, are, you a, are you a dog or a cat person? Dog. And so, this is Sarah's favourite question. What's your karaoke song? Um, I don't know. Probably... Aerosmith aren't. I don't want to miss a thing. Oh, oh that's such a good uh, one. Like it. Yeah. That is such a good one. Favourite TV show? I like The Chase, to be fair. Um, which, what superhero would you like to be? Ah, uh, superhero. Batman. Batman. You see, I go with Mr. Invisible, which is what I think I am most of the time, to be honest with <laughs> <laughs> uh, Your ideal dinner party guest? Just someone that's fun. You know, there's no, there's nothing worse than inviting someone over and they're just a bit boring. So, me, me, so and Sarah, me and Sarah, that's it. <laughs> Who's the best rugby player of all time in your eyes? Johnny Wilkinson. Oh, oh yes. Sorry. Johnny Wilkinson's. Whoa. Yeah. yeah. Um, and what, I think I know the answer to this question, but you never know. What's your most memorable rugby moment? I've actually got a couple in it was the semi-final of the World Cup in 2014. I think, you know, when that final whistle went, it was, you just knew it was a really special squad and it didn't matter who we were facing in that final, we were going to win it. it. Something special just happened in that moment. I can't explain. Um, and also, I think, beating New Zealand in New Zealand in 2017 in front of uh, a quite a quite a big crowd because the Lions tour was over here. So we played before the Maori game with a curtain raiser. That was a pretty epic time as well. Well, listen, I think that's, um, I think you're allowed two of the very, very best. Um, let's hope that the 12th of November, you'll have another memorable moment to add to those two. And I'm sure I speak on behalf of the whole nation, all of our listeners, everyone, we wish you and all the Red Roses the very best of luck and we'll be cheering you on here from the UK. So that's all for this episode of the Rugby Podcast, supported by Fuller's London Pride. My thanks to Sarah, to Steve, and of course, to Marley Packer. Yep, we'll be back next week, so be sure to follow us. Make sure you don't miss the next episode. And remember, you can watch the full extended video podcast of today's episode at londonpridebeer.co.uk. Thanks for listening, everyone. See you next time. The Evening Standard Rugby Podcast with Lawrence Delalio, supported by Fuller's London Pride, official beer of Premiership Rugby. Support with pride. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, and this episode of the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast is brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com.